beautiful woman. Welcome to the Root Womb Collective Podcast. My name is Haley. I am a holistic womb healer and women's mentor on a mission to guide women just like you back home to your body, womb, cycle, and the earth. In this space, we explore a variety of topics as it relates to womb health, cyclical living, womanhood, feminine embodiment, nourishment, and living our lives as radiant, purposeful women. I am honored that you are here. Thank you for elevating and amplifying the sacred feminine heartbeat. Now, let's get to the show. Mara Lennon is redefining women's fertility by bridging the gap between science and spirituality, supporting women to reawaken their innate fertility within, and embodying their feminine essence. Welcome to the Root Moon Collective podcast, Cara. I'm so excited that you are here with us. Thank you, Hayley. Thanks so much for having me. I know it's been a long time coming. We've been talking for a few months, but we finally made it and we're here to have a chat. So I'm happy to be here. Yay, me too. Yeah, and I was sharing this with you before we pressed record, but I have just been really excited to have you on the podcast to share first just your embodied knowledge and wisdom around your own fertility journey. I know, you know, we'll get into that here in just a second, but I really feel like your space and your work offers women this really fresh perspective on the fertility journey, one that really encompasses more of this mind-body connection and feminine connection and I'm very excited to yeah just unravel into those topics a little bit more but before I get ahead of myself I would Mm -hmm. love for you to just start with sharing a little bit about your journey your story and why you do the work that you do today oh okay well so um, I guess my my story starts when I was 33. So I um, had met my partner who we actually reconnected from high school. So we knew each other in high school, uh, reconnected in our early 30s and um, at 33 decided that we would start to try to have a baby. And it was radio silence. Nothing was happening. I was doing all the ovulation sticks and the BBT and the charting and all all the things and nothing was happening. So uh, at 33, obviously, you're meant to wait a year before you go and see a doctor and get any further testing done. But I just knew in my gut that something wasn't quite right. So I went to my um, GP and he ran a few tests, um, which came back with a very elevated FSH so my follicle stimulating hormone was really high my body was obviously really trying very hard to create a decent follicle every cycle Um, my FSH number was 25 so anything over 10 is not great so 25 was most definitely not great he even wouldn't really have a conversation with me about the implications of that he just referred me to a fertility specialist Um, and the conversations that I had there was basically that I had an exceptionally high FSH. I had very low AMH as well. So um, my my egg stores were very depleted as well. Um, my number was very low for that too. And basically I was told that um, I would not be able to conceive with my own eggs that IVF wasn't even a good option for me because the likelihood of me producing any more than one follicle was unlikely, even with all of the, you know, drugs and protocol. Um, And that there's nothing I could do to increase my chances of conception. So I was told that an egg donor was really my best bet. Um, And I just, at that stage, wasn't quite ready to go there yet. You know, I I just received this, you know, pretty scary diagnosis. And I just wasn't quite ready to look at that yet. And I just, because I'd already always, um, 
used holistic medicine and I guess been in this more sort of holistic uh, medicine space. I'd always sort of work with naturopaths and things over and above GPs where I could. So I just, and in my heart of hearts, I, I just, I just didn't believe it. I just was like, I, I am going to have two children and I, I hear what you're saying to me, but I just don't believe that as my truth. And um, I took some time to digest that information. Um, the specialist had said to me, you know, yes, you know, you can do a couple of IUIs if you want to, but then we'll need to regroup and talk about egg donor. So, um, but Kana said to me, if you want to do IUIs, you need to get onto it quickly because basically she made me feel like I was a ticking time bomb <laughs> with my fertility. So that was a pretty jarring moment to get that diagnosis. I was only 33 and um, although I had a gut feeling something wasn't quite right, I didn't think it would be anything to that extreme where, you know, there wasn't a way around it. I was basically told, hey, here's your diagnosis. And by the way, there's nothing you can do to to fix it or to to work around us so that was pretty scary but I still just held on to this belief that I'm going to have my children I just always saw myself with two children and I just believed that that was going to be possible for me and I took that information from the specialist with a grain of salt and started to do my own research into you know what I really need in order to conceive so then I initially, of course, went down the track of, oh my God, like all the research, all the supplements, going and doing all the treatments, holistic treatments, and just throwing everything at it because, you know, it's a scary time to think that you may never have your own children, you know, and that there's nothing you can do to change that. So I threw everything at it initially. Um, I wanted to give myself some time before I made a decision around IUI and I just threw everything at it, like scattergun approach. Um, and after a few months, I just felt stressed out. I was wired and tired. I felt burnt out. And I just had this sinking feeling that my baby was not going to be on the other side of burnout. Like this was not going to be the approach that would bring my baby in. So that's when I'd kind of done a bit of a, taken another path and got back to my I guess kind of more holistic and spiritual roots and actually looking at it from more of a emotional mental and spiritual level um and actually just started to actually just get radically honest honest with myself and is the way that I'm currently being with this you know very doing doing action taking approach actually going to support my fertility well no it's not and I am a very A-type person. It's something that I have worked on over the last few years, but I was very A-type, very perfectionist, very overachieving personality. And I'd really bought that into the beginning of my fertility journey. And I think that what that is what created a lot of additional resistance um, and the burnout, right? Because all of that stuff just spikes your stress response. It dysregulates the nervous system. And I actually felt worse than ever. So took a different path and decided to really get back to the basics and tune back into my intuition. I did a lot of um, emotional freedom technique work. I worked with a hypnotherapist to really get into some of those subconscious programs um, around what was keeping me stuck um, on my fertility journey. And it was through those modalities and just bringing my life back into a more balanced state of slowing down tuning into my own body and my own intuition as to what would actually support my fertility and it wasn't my approach before um do I need to take a thousand supplements today no I actually don't do you know what I'll take those two or three because I actually feel good when I take them but the rest is actually complete overkill do I need to complete you know do I need to have a complete diary full of things to do people to see um where there is absolutely no space available for me to stop at all well no that's not the right approach at all because where is the spaciousness that I'm creating to bring this baby in so 
it was a real mindset shift um, as well as, you know, a shift in my body as well because I instantly, with this new approach, felt calmer, felt more grounded, felt more certain than ever that, yes, I would have my two babies. Um, and when I took six months to really support my mind, body, and spirit in this new way for six months, I and by the way I still had a glass of wine with my girlfriends I still you know had that chocolate if I wanted it it was more about not restricting not being overly compliant or hyper vigilant about a certain thing it was more about what feels good to me right now having a wine with my girlfriends and having a huge laugh with them that fills my cup you know so I actually really let go a lot of, of the restrictions and hypervigilance over that six month period and after that six months was when I felt ready to do my first IUI. So I went into that first IUI, I had a six percent chance of that being successful based on my numbers and went into that IUI, did not test early, got the phone call um, and actually told me that it hadn't worked that my pregnancy hormone level was, I think it was at a seven and it should be over a hundred. Um, but to cut a long story short, they kept um, they kept monitoring me over the next two to three days and kept um, taking blood tests and that pregnancy hormone level was doubling and tripling and is actually now my oldest son. So that was at 35 that I conceived with my own eggs for my first round of IUI after really changing my approach. Um, and... Then I kind of, my fertility specialist, even though I'd done all this beautiful work and I'd really changed my approach and it was a really um, enlightening time because it was like, you know, getting back to this kind of awareness and connection with my body and really challenging my own patterns and behaviors and beliefs. You know, at 35, I had my oldest boy and then my specialist was like, if you want to have another child, you've got to get onto it right away. And as soon as you finish breastfeeding, you know, we've got to do another IUI and see if we can do this before we need to move to owner eggs. Um, and, you know, even after all my beautiful work I'd done, I still felt a little bit of that pressure. And so I cut my breastfeeding short at six months, which I wish I'd never done, but I, I cut that short at six months to go again. And, and I really did think, well, I'll just do another IUI. I'll have another baby and everything will be perfect. So rushed into another IUI, didn't work. Rushed into another one, didn't work. Basically did four IUIs. They all failed. And when I took a step back and I really realized that I've just gone back to my old patterns. I've gone back to this doing, doing, rushing, you know, from a scarcity and lack mindset. I realized, okay, I need to get back to what I was doing before and just slowing down, taking aligned action of what, feel, you know, for what feels good in my body, what feels good intuitively, um, and focusing on regulating my nervous system and grounding and, you know, just getting back into my femininity. Um, I decided to take another six months just to really do that again for myself. And three months into that six month period, I conceived naturally at 37. So that's when I really realized that, you know, we have so much more power over our fertility than we'd be led to believe. I mean, my specialist had basically said, there's nothing you can do. Egg donor is your only option um and that's just it when I've now got two boys with my own eggs one of which conceived naturally she said to me I had a one percent chance if not less of that ever happening um and that's when I just realized there is so much that we can do to support our fertility that you know a lot of these diagnoses and the prognosis of that a lot of women are receiving are just causing far more stress and heartache than they need to because women do have so much more influence over their fertility than they've been led to believe. So that's when I realized I absolutely need to work in the space because I just couldn't let my experience just be my experience and not share it with others and build on that and and now coach other women so that they can also, you know, um, work through some of the 
deeper things you know outside of the physical um the deeper things that might be causing them to you know creating some resistance or keeping them stuck on their fertility journey so that's kind of my story I know it's a little bit long-winded but yeah it's I just think it was such a a massive time in my life where really I am probably not the same mother now if I had have conceived easily you know if there hadn't have been issues I wouldn't be and I'm not a perfect mother by any means, but I am a much more conscious mother um, now after doing all this work than I think I would have been had I just, yep, I want to get pregnant now. Now's the time, click, and it happened. I just think I, I'm a different person. I'm a different person from experiencing this. So, um, and so now I get to share it with other women and, you know, empower them to to make the changes that they need to support their fertility as well. So, Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing your, your story brings me so much joy. And I think that you are such an expander for women who are experiencing any kind of fertility challenge, have been diagnosed with any kind of fertility complications or hormonal imbalances or whatever their fertility specialist or doctor is telling them. And I think it's just so important that you are sharing your story and also being a beacon of light for other women who are who are experiencing that because statistically one in five couples is experiencing infertility and women are going to the fertility clinics even sometimes earlier than than not being successful after 12 months of trying which I try to like scream from the rooftop sometimes by saying that even if you haven't gotten pregnant at 12 months it doesn't mean that you need to go see the fertility specialist. Like there can be a lot of different things that, you know, are happening on a physical, emotional, spiritual level that can block that conception from, from happening. And yeah, I think that just the amount of fear that is instilled in women from these fertility specialists is so detrimental to their emotional state, to the health of their nervous system. I mean, I was telling you before we pressed or pressed record that I've worked with a handful of women who have navigated the IVF journey and it is, it's gruesome. It is so emotionally taxing, spiritually taxing, financially taxing. Like it really takes a toll on people and so in addition to that layer and that element of it there's also this extreme stress around it and when we are pumping out cortisol and pumping pumping out adrenaline and you know just living in this state honestly of fight or flight we are not embodying the energetics of fertility like i know you have a program called fertile frequency, I believe, like that is not the frequency of fertility, right? That this stressed, overdoing, hyperachieving, crossing all the to-dos, like that is actually quite opposite. The, the true energy that's needed within the female body to be receptive and open and surrendered to conception. So I would love for you to go into a little bit more detail around more of this feminine approach to fertility. I know you mentioned um, hypnotherapy and emotional freedom technique and some of these different modalities that you practice. Some people that are listening may have never even heard of these things. So I would love for you to share what are some of these more body-based um, you know, mind, body, spirit approaches to our fertility that uh, women can begin to incorporate. Yeah, sure. And I do think, you know, when women, like you say, like when women are faced with the biggest life challenges, like, like infertility, well, I don't really like to use the word infertility, but, you know, struggling with fertility, we do tend to switch to that very masculine energy of coping, right? It's that, like you said, it's that doing, the forcing, the controlling, the action taking, you know, focusing on, you know, there's a problem to fix and override. And I think that is very common from what you probably see as well. And I do too, when women are faced with these health challenges that are really scary, we do tend to switch to this very masculine way of doing things, which as you said, spikes up our stress response, completely dysregulates our nervous system and is basically our like 
sort of pathway down to burnout, right, which can, you know, sometimes take a lot of time to come back from. So I very much focus on bringing that into the clients that I work with, bringing that into their awareness that actually, you know, mirroring back to them that this is actually what they're doing at the moment, which is a very masculine way to approach fertility. And obviously, we want to approach fertility in a very feminine and body-based way. So, you know, I believe that fertility is our birthright, you know, whether we choose to have children or not, that is the way that our bodies have been designed, you know, have been designed. Um, so fertility is already within us, right? She's within us. And I really see fertility as an energy already living within our body. So I really like to bring this awareness to my clients to just shift that perspective and, and see fertility is already living within us, right? It just needs to be reawakened. And we can really sort of start asking ourselves some questions, you know, like what does my fertility need from me right now? What would nurture her? What is my fertility trying to tell me or show me or lead me to? And even just that new perspective on fertility as this not as this thing that I can't get to because my body's broken but actually she's there she's living within me I just need to reawaken her and give her the love and support that she needs um, and when we come to our fertility journey and we have all these decisions to make do we go down this path or this path take that supplement go and see that holistic person do that treatment or protocol you know, someone just bringing it back to ourselves and asking ourselves and asking our fertility, you know, is this aligned with her? And as we start doing this more and more, we can become a lot more in touch with our intuition. You know, especially as females, we have an amazing intuition within us that a lot of us have not tapped into because we've been almost taught that the intellectual mind is far more superior and far more valued than our intuition. But as a female, like intuition is one of those beautiful feminine qualities that we have. And so I, yeah, really support my clients to tap into their intuition to really see their fertility as an energy living within them. And every time something comes up for them around a decision, it's kind of tapping into, okay, what does she need from me right now? What does my body need from me? Does this feel in alignment? Am I feeling a, you know, a, a tenseness in my throat? Is my chest feeling heavy? Um, am I got a knot in my stomach? I mean, all of these are our body's way of expressing to us that something isn't in alignment. And again, it's something that as women, we're being taught to race to the medicine cabinet and take something to stop those feelings. It's not something we've been taught to just be with and sit with and dialogue with, really, because it's it's the energy of our body dialoguing through us, right? And so the more connected we can be with our body, and this is a foundational practice that I work with all of my clients on, it's one of the first things that we do, is just to be in our body because in that masculine um, energy that we talked about earlier, that's very much a driven by the mind, a very reactive mind that is an overdrive and is, you know, based on fear really. So when we can be back in our bodies and really shift out of our monkey mind and be in our bodies and spend time in our body, not trying to fix anything, not trying to override anything, but just sitting with our sensations or our symptoms and just sitting with it and really bringing that conscious awareness back into our body, then we can start to again build that intuitive um, muscle and we will actually start to receive messages from our body, you know, and because we have all the information within us, right? All those signs and symptoms for our body is our body's way of trying to dialogue with us. And so often we stuff it down because our mind tells us to do the logical thing that the doctor's telling us to do when actually our body is saying, no, 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 no. I, I really don't think you need to do that. Let's try this path. And we can start to really tap into these subtle sensations like the, you know, closing of the throat or the 
the knot in the stomach or the, the tightness in the chest. And we can start to see these as ways of our body communicating with us and guiding us on our aligned path towards our baby. So I think the first step that I always work with my clients is getting back into our body, you know, getting back, getting out of our monkey mind and just bringing that awareness back into our body, which also helps us with grounding, right? So our reactive mind, it's very we're in a stress mode we're in the monkey mind and it's an overdrive that is driving that stress response up and when we can just be in our body and just sit with whatever's going on for us um it's grounding it's regulating to our nervous system we will notice that a lot of those sensations will start to calm down as we just be with our body and just see it with support and compassion we're not there to judge we're not there to we need to know what it means. It's just being with it because those messages will come through the more that we do that. It's almost like that flip of the switch, right? It's like we can either be in stress mode or we can be in conception mode. And stress mode is when we're very much in our head. We're overthinking, we're overanalyzing. We are living on fear and adrenaline. And when we are in our body, that's when we can flip on that conception mode because we can't be both. We can't be in stress mode and conception mode, unfortunately. Um, that's when the body can settle. That's when the body can feel grounded. The nervous system regulates. And of course, when all of that stuff happens, our hormones start to balance. Our body feels safe enough to conceive. Because we're when we're really in that heightened stress response, like we touched on earlier with the fight and flight, our body's gearing up to fight or flee. And our body recognizes there is a threat and we need to gear up to fight or flee. So all of our blood circulation is pumping out to our extremities that we can run or fight. And all the blood circulation from our reproductive system, as well as other areas of the body like digestion, they go to all the other areas. <laughs> so we need to have all that beautiful blood flow running through our reproductive organs and the rest of our body to have and 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 have optimized fertility and we can't be in that state when we are living in a stress response um and that's not to say that being in the stress response is a bad thing because our beautiful bodies are made to experience both but it's about how much time you spend in that stress response versus the parasympathetic response so i always sort of work with the body first and the energy of the body um, because I believe that's what holds so many of the answers it allows us to connect with our intuition we're connecting back into our bodies and the messages that it had that it has for us and yeah connecting back to our fertility which is living within us um, and we can't really connect with her through our intellectual mind we need to connect with her through our body so that's kind of the foundational um, work that I do with my clients um, around my approach. And then the hypnotherapy and the EFT stuff comes in as and when it's needed um, for some of the subconscious, you know, reprogramming and, and things like that. Um, but yeah, that's probably a, an overall way that I work with my clients, my approach. Yeah, yeah, I love what <clears throat> you were saying about the importance of tapping into our intuition because I really believe that that is a part of the initiation of really becoming a mother is, is being able to feel your intuition, sense your intuition, act upon your intuition. And it's really hard to be connected to that voice within you when there is someone else on the other side who is this preconceived expert, I, you know, put quotations around that, who is telling you to do something completely different than what your intuition might be saying. And a lot of times what they are saying to you might even prevent you from being able to feel, sense, and hear your intuition in the first place. And so ideally we are tuning and tapping and strengthening our intuition before we even desire to get pregnant so that we can be in relationship to these messages that are coming from our body and spirit, but we're not perfect. And many people don't have that journey or that option of connecting to their intuition before. And so I think that that's such a beautiful piece of the work that you do is being able to guide women into sensing that and into feeling that. 
Um, I'll share like a little personal story about a current client I'm working with right now. She's gone through two failed IVF journeys and they were pretty back to back. Like there wasn't much, wasn't much rest or recalibration in between. And, uh, her second failed and her fertility doctor was like, okay, let's go. Let's get into the third right away. And thankfully there was this voice within her of like, wait, you know, I think I need to slow down. I need to ground. I need to reprioritize what I'm putting my energy and my focus into because, and I know that not all fertility specialists and doctors are like this. There are amazing integrative practitioners, but specifically the doctor that she was seeing when she asked them, is there anything that I can do holistically? Are there any supplements, nutritional changes, different practices their answer was no, like there's nothing that you can do. It's just keep on trucking down the road of these fertility treatments. And so thankfully she did have this feeling of intuitive knowing within her around, I think I need to take a break from these fertility treatments and reprioritize what I'm engaging in. And, um, you know, her doctors are like, you need to get into it now. And that is not what is feeling true for her. She's still not even sure when she's going to proceed because even just, and I don't know if this was your experience, but like even just the energy of the fertility clinics is not conducive to fertility, to life, to creation. And I think that what you said too about fertility is an energy. It's something that is our birthright. It is the true biological purpose of womanhood and it is something that is inherently a part of our mind body spirit connection uh you know it's funny because those environments are so counterintuitive to that natural energy to allowing that energy to really come out and unfold within our lives um so yeah i'm curious you know with the array of women that you work with and just, yeah, the experience that you have, like, what do you feel like are some of the common kind of traps that uh, women get into when they are diagnosed with infertility? And I myself do not love that word in any means, but I know just for the sake of language, it's kind of tossed around here, you know, infertility, low ovarian reserve, um, premature ovarian failure, all of these things that women are being diagnosed with, like, what do you feel like are some of these common kind of masculine traits that you see people just, yeah, falling victim to? Yeah. I mean, it comes back to that whole, you know, one of the common things I see is like we mentioned, you know, these women will flip right into masculine mode, you know, this overdoing, this hypervigilance, the more I do, the more I achieve, you know, hard work equals success. And a lot of the women that I work with, you know, there is a pattern there around, you know, perfectionism, overachieving, people pleasing, a type kind of woman. There is that pattern that I see coming through. And I think that they have lived their lives with this formula that hard work equals success. And as probably you know, proved very successful for them up until this point. And I know I can certainly relate to this, you know. It wasn't until I received my fertility diagnosis, I was kind of like, what do you mean there's nothing I can do? Like, I've always been able to get shit done as long as I work hard enough at it. And it was a real mindfuck, to be honest. It was, you know, it was like a real yeah kind of caught me off guard because well this has always been the way that I've lived I can get stuff done if I'm productive and work hard enough and that is definitely the initial response I see a lot of women jumping into they kind of bring their perfectionism or bring their overachieving patterns into their fertility journey and just go hard and just do the scattergun approach of just doing anything and everything that could potentially be something that might work um And again, it's just this very masculine approach, which spikes up our stress response, which dysregulates our nervous system. Um, And I do see that a lot coming through with the women that I work with. And, you know, talking about the infertility piece, you know, I also see women really um, identify themselves with that diagnosis. I'm infertile. My eggs are no good. I don't have this. 
I, my levels of this are too high or too, you know, really identifying as infertility in particular, because I don't know about you, but for me, infertility is you can't conceive. Um, so when I was told that I was technically infertile, I just never, ever used that word to describe myself after that. It was just, it didn't, because I truly believed I was going to have these two children. So I was like, well, I'm not going to refer to myself as infertile when I believe I'm going to have two children. That doesn't really make sense to me. And I do see a lot of women really identifying with those diagnoses. And it's it's really hard because like you said, these specialists who they're the experts um you know we see them as these experts and they give us this diagnosis and well they've got all these big degrees and qualifications they must know that I am infertile and like you said it's really damaging to the emotional um health of these women because it can be really it can just throw you off path completely it can be a complete tailspin when you when you hear something like that so I also really like to work with my clients on not overly identifying with these diagnoses because I think when we over-identify with it, well, I'm infertile, the more we kind of really believe that, the more we're sending a message to our body, well, you're infertile. You know, this is going to be hard for you or, you know, your eggs are crap. Like all these things that we are identifying as we are sending that message to our body and you know the subconscious mind and the body they're going to work together to match our beliefs so I really do see a lot of women falling into you know that pattern of identifying with their diagnosis which they don't need to because also our diagnosis is a snapshot in time right I mean based on what I was told I now have two children I was told that would never be possible um, you know, yes, I had the lab results and the high FSH and the low AMH. Well, cool, but I I conceived. I conceived via IUI and I conceived naturally, which I was told would never happen for me. So I think just, yeah, looking at how we're going to identify with ourselves, you know, really being aware of that, that tendency to flip to that masculine, you know, that masculine energy way of doing things. Um and I think, yeah, just that whole scattergun approach of like doing it all, doing it all perfectly, you know, just sling some mud up on the wall and see what sticks and hopefully something will. And I just think all of that is just not in line with what our fertility truly needs from us. Um, so when we look at feminine energy, right, so she needs what she needs to thrive is it's more about rest and nurturing and grounding and connection and slowing down um and that's kind of what I really talk to when I uh, meet with these women who I can see are very much in that hypervigilant doing mode who probably have never spent much of their life resting relaxing slowing down because they've always lived their lives like this because those patterns normally come through from childhood um and you know just just reaffirming to them that you know, these test results, they're a snapshot in time. There most definitely is things you can do to improve your chances of, of conceiving. And now there is more research and study coming out to show that a lot of modalities are supporting fertility and conception rates. Um, and and just the over-identifying with those, with those certain words and certain titles, because we don't want to take them on as our own, right? It's not, we don't want to own, especially if we, it's not something that we want, like an infertility diagnosis. We don't want to take that on and own it and identify it as it being us, because we don't want that title. So why would we want to really buy into that? Um, so yeah, I do tend to see just a few of those patterns come through um with with clients and you know and just to be brutally honest you know there'd always be there'd always be a mix of clients where you know some clients will come in with a very much a victim mindset and um there's a lot of work you know to do around that there's um if women come in and it's you know it's never going to happen for me and poor me and I've been told this and I'll never conceive and you know everyone else can conceive and I can't and that's that real victim mindset so I do a lot of work as well around really shifting out of that victim mindset because that also is not going to help us to be in our feminine to bring that fertility forward because 
it's obviously more of a lower frequency vibration and um, is not going to support our overall mental health or emotional health. So that's something else that I, I do see come through. Um, some other women are like, let's do this and really open to new ways of doing things and really to let go of those labels and those um, those negative thought spirals and um, others who just need to do a little bit more work with just to really help them move past that and let them see that they actually do have a lot more influence over their fertility than, than they realize. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I feel like the mindset piece is so important for us to touch upon and really emphasize for those who are listening, because there is really incredible research that states that truly every single thought, every single belief that you have has a chemical equivalent within the body, right? Your thoughts influence your nervous system. They influence your physical health. So if we are having these thoughts, having these beliefs, like you said, I'm not fertile, or this is never going to happen for me, or whatever it may be, that will become the reality that that we are existing within, that we are living within. And I think that I'm sure you see this a lot with the women that come to you. A lot of times those beliefs are so unconsciously being looped that maybe they aren't even realizing how deep they are within that pattern, within that belief philosophy and that belief paradigm. And I think that when you begin to consider the influence of the mind on the body and how that impacts our fertility, it's like, yeah, these thoughts are really, really important to excavate, to look at, to see, to be aware of, to not just let them be floating around la-di-da doing whatever they want because they are influencing our physiology they are influencing our emotional state our energetic state all the stuff that you were speaking to and I think also you know I want to touch upon the feminine piece because I think that within our modern culture it's very common to see ambitious driven um women who who know what they want who go after what they want who get what they want I think that both you and I can relate to that archetypal personality and that is the essentially the essence that we are taught to embody as young girls it's like you want to you want to get the thing you got to go after the thing and I think that there is empowerment within that feminist message to a certain extent however I think that that mindset paradigm energetic state is actually a huge contributor to this fertility crisis that we're experiencing I think that there are so many women who have been living within their masculine energy who have been doing and going and achieving and accomplishing for decades plus and then all of a sudden it's like okay well I'm ready I'm ready to conceive now and the body and the spirit are confused they're like what you've been in this hyper achieving mode for however long and now we can't just do a full 180 within a matter of three months a matter of six months right it takes time for us to shift that frequency for us to shift from this state of masculinity to femininity. And so I'm curious, like within just your experience, what are some tangible ways that women on their fertility journey could approach, you know, their journey from this more feminine way? Yeah. And yeah, I think you're absolutely correct there. I think that most of the women that I see have absolutely been living in their masculine for pretty much their entire life because yes, this is what they've been taught is valued and this is what is going to provide them with validation and success is getting things done, right, and achieving and and success. So um, it's quite a different concept to a lot of these women to, you know, that we actually need to be more in our feminine to be receptive to our baby right to create spaciousness for this baby to come into our world to live in a more flowing easeful way so that our nervous system and our stress response isn't 
biking every two seconds. I think it's, you know, a lot of women that I speak to about this, they assume they need to be floating and floating around in a floral dress and a daisy chain headpiece. And it's like, no, that's not what we're talking about because I'm most definitely not that person. But there are definitely things that we can start to do just to bring some of those feminine aspects back in for sure. And so what I tend to do with my clients, I mean, I like to just start with really small, tangible things. But I mean, you know, one of the thing, things with fertility and the feminine essence, right, it's around creativity. And and we're trying to create our baby, right? And it comes from this creative process. And I do see that a lot of my clients have really just completely pushed aside all those things they've loved to do, right? Whether it's painting, photography, cooking, um, hiking in nature, like things that they've been passionate about their whole lives that all of a sudden they just don't have time for because creating this baby is far more important for them. But actually getting back into our feminine creativity, again, tapping into our intuition um, and just slowing down, right? Just slowing down. And like I said about the spaciousness piece, like most women, when I first start working with them, their diaries are jam-packed with things that they're doing. They never have any time to do anything outside of this fertility um it's like it's taken over their world right it's like fertility and it did for me as well initially it's like everything in the diary is fertility related nothing else matters and I don't have any space in my diary for anything else because this is my this is what I want more than anything and it's like a project for them right so where is their space in your diary for just being right for just being in nature or just going outside with your cup of tea or coffee and just feeling that morning sun on your face, or just being in your body like we talked about before, which I um, share with my clients, the practice around just dropping into their bodies to see what messages there are there. So, you know, it's just little things that I like to, it depends on each woman as well, but I just think the slowing down, the resting and not feeling guilty about it, because I think so many women feel like they must be productive and resting is lazy. And in fact, it is very, very nurturing to your nervous system and to your body as a whole. Um, so yeah, getting back into what you love, like what brings you joy, doing more of that, spending more time just being you know, just being in nature, just being outside with the sun in your face, just being at the beach with your sand, with the sand in your toes. You know, I mean, a lot of the women that I work with have had very um, full-on exercise regimes, you know, like hit training and all this sort of thing. And it's like, just maybe try walking, you know, like, like the running and all these like really um, high impact sports which and exercises which are great for the body but when we're talking about fertility chances are that's also causing a stress response on the body so you know how about just going for a walk and you know what not with a time limit not looking at how many steps you've done or the time frame it's taking you to walk that many kilometers or miles actually just going for a walk no airpods in your ears because chances are they have got some fertility podcast, they listen to something, some more information they're getting in to help them. Go for a mindful walk, which is, you know, just nothing in your ears, slow pace for no other reason than to just be in nature and again, just be. And, and you know, using your senses too. I think, you know, female senses is something else that we've kind of just pushed to the side. You know, being out, and taking a mindful walk you know what can I see and what can I smell and you know what can I taste in the air and just all those things that actually really brings you back grounded into your body calms the nervous system and also just brings you back onto that more feminine energy space right is just slowing down being in nature doing things we love connecting so connecting with ourselves or with the people that bring us joy because you know I know a lot of women um and I you know I went through a short phase of time like this as well we tend to cut ourselves off socially because of all the pregnancy announcements and the baby showers and um all these tough things that we are seeing and experiencing um we tend to cut ourselves off socially but actually who are those people that you really love that make you laugh that fill your cup that you can have a massive laugh with 
connecting with those people because those are all things that are going to really build that feminine essence back into your energy system and really support you with fertility mm-hmm. the common themes that I'm hearing from you are slowing down fostering connection cultivating pleasure being out in nature and overall just in enjoying life exactly yeah there's this piece of of enjoyment of life that I know gets stripped from a lot of people when they are struggling with their fertility it's like you know understandably so they get so fixated on the goal that everything else just falls to the wayside and the themes that you just shared really bring us back into the present and into the now and I just think it's crazy. Like this shouldn't be such a revolutionary approach to fertility, yet it is. It yeah, is. it really is. <laughs> yeah, and I think I feel like it's sort of revolutionary in our Western society, right? But if we look back on traditional and indigenous cultures, you know, this kind of these kind of practices and these kinds of ways of supporting fertility—they've been around for thousands of years. And unfortunately, with the way that our Western modern society has evolved and so many of these beautiful practices have been just pushed to the side um, and, you know, the more patriarchal society has come in to dominate, you know, unfortunately, a lot of these beautiful practices have been forgotten. And I just think it's time that we need to be bringing back these, these practices and these ways of being and these ways to support women on their fertility journey which doesn't always sit within a cold clinical setting um there's just so much more to it than that thank you so much for just sharing today I have felt so inspired through this conversation I don't know I've just yeah I just love first I love connecting with like-minded women who see fertility in a similar way because we've connected on Instagram and Instagram can be the wild west. And I feel a lot of empathy and compassion for people who are navigating the fertility journey, looking to Instagram for answers. And just like you said, just kind of throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks because there's so many people that are saying, do this, do that here, do, you know, all the things. And I try to, I try to not just post tips and tricks because I think that is that mindset that people get into of, okay, I can just do one more thing, one more thing, one more thing. This will be the thing. And so I just really appreciate your grounded, slow, feminine, embodied approach to fertility. I think that what you are doing is amazing. And I'm curious if you have any other advice that you would like to share for the woman who is on her fertility journey? Yeah, look, I, it it is such a tough journey and I have been there myself and, you know, um, you know, to know this kind of struggle is to have lived it, you know, and so I, I can really relate to the woman that I work with. And the first thing I always say to my clients is just to give themselves some grace and compassion because they've been through, by the time they come to me, they've already been through so much already. And we just need to meet ourselves with self-compassion. You know, the more that we can do that, that in itself just can soften the self-doubt and the inner critic and all the negative things we say about ourselves to ourselves and I just think having that self-love and compassion and giving ourselves some grace from what we've been through um, is a really good starting point because there is so much blame and shame and guilt that comes with not being able to conceive on your time frame and the way that you saw it happening for yourself that it is very easy to get yourself wound up in those you know emotions So just giving yourself, meeting yourself with compassion um, and just that everything starts with awareness, right? And so when we can just, like I talked before, when we can just slow down for a minute and get radically honest with ourselves and look at how we are being on our fertility journey, that's when new perspectives come up. And, you know, once I start talking to my clients, when we start getting radically honest and they become radically honest with okay, do you know what, my A-type stuff, yeah, I can see how that's kind of 
spiking out my stress response or you know what my perfectionism thing that I've had for as long as I can remember I can see how actually that's really dysregulating my nervous system um so I would just say to those women on their journey like you have like I've said a couple of times I think on this podcast um you just have so much more influence than you realize over your fertility you have so many answers within you if you can just slow down and listen to those messages through your body and through your intuition and just to know that yeah there is things you can do no matter what you've been told by a fertility specialist or doctor there are things you can do to support your fertility and I'm kind of a prime candidate for showing that because I was told nothing would ever happen for me apart from an egg donor um that to not give up hope and I really believe that what's on your heart is meant for you and nothing that is meant for you will pass you by and I think those were two things that I really always came back to for myself to just keep me grounded in my belief that this was happening for me I had to let go of the when and the how, but just knowing that whatever is meant for you is not going to pass you by is just a really nice way to just ground into that belief that this is possible for you. Yeah, lovely. I appreciate that so much. And I really trust that this episode is going to reach those who need to hear this. I am going to be sending this to every single one of my fertility clients. (laughs) y'all know who you are (laughs) like send 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 uh yeah thank you all everything that you shared has just resonated so deeply and the final question that I love asking all of my guests is what is one thing that you are doing that is in support of your womb cycle and feminine vitality I, well, I'd say again, my drop into the body meditation is something that I do nearly every day because I still have those little A-type habits. So I just, I like to do that every day is dropping into my body. But if I was to give you another example, because we've talked about that one today, um, I really love to connect with the three feminine power centers, right? So our intuition, our heart, and our womb. Mm -hmm. So I have a meditation that I use for myself, but I also share with all of my clients once they've done the dropping into the body and we work through some other bits and pieces. Um, This is a really powerful practice to really connect and activate those those key feminine power centers um, to connect to the wisdom of the body and to our femininity and to our fertile energy. So that's something that I love to do. I love to share with my clients. I always receive amazing feedback to just connect in with those key power centers, the messages that come through, just the calmness and the groundedness that comes through. Um, and yeah, it's a really beautiful practice to really activate those feminine power centers. So that's something that I'm really um, doing as well at the moment. Mm, beautiful, beautiful. Clara, can you please share where people can find you and ways to work with you? Yes, of course. So um, my Instagram handle is beingfertile underscore with Cara. Um, and my website is just caralennon.com. So that's C-A-R-A-L-E-N-N-A-N.com. And I've got, actually, I've just posted today on my Instagram page, um, a carousel of all the ways that people can work with me. So I have a different, uh, a few different options. I have a signature online program called Fertile Frequency. I have my one-on-one highest proximity, uh, closest proximity one-on-one coaching called Being Fertile AF. I've also got a free masterclass available and also I have a one-off clarity call that I can do with clients if they just want to have a one-off chat with me and they can get some tangible tools from there. And I'm just releasing tomorrow a new sort of mini workshop, um, which is actually all around the grounding into the body called Becoming Fertile AF. And um, that's just $29 and it's a really beautiful practice to um, yeah, gra- take come out of your mind and ground into your body there's a um, a video masterclass as well as the embodiment practice uh, meditation and a workbook so lots of different ways for people to work with me and um, people can always reach out via dm as well if they have any questions lovely yes it seems like there are multiple ways to plug into your world so 
please reach out to Kara if you feel like her wisdom could be of support on your journey. And thank you again, Kara. This was such a beautiful episode and I'm honored to have been able to spend this time with you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been amazing. Thanks, Hayley. Bye. Bye. All right, lovely. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Root Moon Collective podcast. It means the absolute world when you leave a rating or rate the show. So if you found value in today's conversation, please share the message, share the medicine with your community. If you want to plug into all of the magic happening in the collective, feel free to join me on Instagram at Root and Womb Co. And you can check out all of our offerings over at the website, rootandwombcollective.com. I will see you next time.